Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. Uh, the other thing I want to do, usually we read scripture first, but uh, we're getting to the part in Revelation where it's kind of turning a little bit into a fantasy fairy tale. There's going to be a, a dragon that appears. And I know that folks, you know, so if that um, uh, seven-horned lamb from last week wasn't weird enough, um, I wanted to give you guys a chance to, to sort of preface the scripture. How many of you guys love Revelation and think it's so easy to understand and you're glad we're, we're doing a sermon series on it? Okay. How many of you guys are like, this book, I don't know what to do with it, um, and I'm a little scared? Okay, yeah, so that's why I'm talking first before we hear the scripture passage. Um, as we, uh, Ivy's gonna be reading the passage in a few minutes, and as we uh, read this passage, I want you to keep three things in mind. So I want you to think, to understand the genre, to know the context, and to bring your imagination. So let me talk about those three things for a minute. So genre, you see this great picture. Sometimes people think that the Bible is an instruction manual. It is not. The Bible is a collection of books, and each of these books has a different genre. Um, none of them are instruction manuals, actually. Um, there's history, so who we are as God's people. There's poetry, um, singing praises to God, lamenting to God, um, uh, giving wisdom, that might be a little bit instruction book like Proverbs. Uh, there is prophecy, which are, are, um, are books that help uh, Israel help God's people to remember who they are and to call them back into covenant, into relationship with God. So look at all those prophets. There's the gospel stories. This is like a biography of Jesus, who Jesus is. Um, there's the, another history there in the book of Acts. And then there's all these letters that uh, some dude named Paul, we've talked about him. Paul um, writes some letters and then there's other letters uh, down here too. And then there's another prophet, prophecy book, that's the book of Revelation. So a lot of times, it, and it's apocalyptic too, um, so Daniel and Revelation are both sort of apocalyptic prophecy, but when I say it's prophecy, um, I'm not talking about fortune telling, okay? It's not read this and it will tell you what's gonna happen in the year 2018. It's prophecy in um, the sense of, of all these major prophets calling us into a greater capacity for justice, into um, ushering in, helping to usher in God's reign in this world, okay? So genre, prophecy is our genre, okay? Second, context. Revelation was written at a time when uh, the vision came uh, from Jesus to a guy named John, and it was written at a time when he saw this sort of overarching oppressive regime of the Roman Empire. He felt like um, he was shackled by it, that it was so pervasive that everything that he, it was like breathing air, you know, this Roman Empire, um, and it was harming people. So, um, 
again, this prophetic literature was about um, speaking out against the, tem- uh, the tyranny of the Roman Empire, okay? It was about um, exposing what was wrong and proclaiming the truth all through, and this is kicker, nonviolence. So there's a guy at uh, Chicago Theological Seminary now, his name is uh, Jeff Meyer, he's a leader at our Hyde Park, Hyde Park Woodlawn campus, and um, his PhD dissertation topic is on the book of Revelation and how it contains, it's all about non-violence. He, he actually helped craft this sermon series. So um, that the way, so the context, the, what, what John is telling us in, in the book of Revelation is that uh, Jesus conquers the evil of the empire through non-violence, okay? So that's context. And finally, imagination. Sometimes uh, when there's all of these uh, weird things like a dragon or a seven-horned lamb or um, all this stuff, we wanna like say, we wanna treat it like a mathematical equation and say this equals this, right? We wanna like put everything into a box and line it up. Um, But what I'm asking you to, as we listen to this, what I'm asking you to do is to open your imagination to think about the metaphors that are being shared, right? We, we do this in other aspects of our reading, right? Imagination, good, yes. Uh, so I want you to listen, and as you listen, I want you to reflect on these kind of questions that get at context and genre and imagination. Think about, thinking about prophetic genre, what is the call to justice in this passage, okay? Uh, thinking about context, what are we as God's people shackled by today? What is our empire today? And I'm not talking about the TV show. And finally, bringing your imagination, what images move you in this reading? What emotions do you experience in this reading? And I am so used to moving that microphone that I gotta bring it back, sorry Ivy. (laughs) Come on, come on out Ivy. There you go. Good morning. Today we have Revelation chapter 12, 7 through 12. And the war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angel fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but they were defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, that the ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven proclaiming, Now have come the salvation and the power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our comrades hath been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. But they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, for they did not cling to life, even in the face of death. Rejoice then, you heavens, and those who dwell in them. But woe to earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you with great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. The word of God for the people of God. So, was it easier to hear? Yeah, now you're gonna go home and read the whole book, aren't you? Um, 
So what we see in the beginning of the scripture passage is an epic battle is about to unfold, is unfolding, and it is a battle between good and evil, right? It is, uh, the, good, uh, the good guy is Michael. Michael is a legendary advocate angel that is found in Jewish uh, scriptures in the book of Daniel. Also, Michael is found in the Quran, and Michael is now found in Christian scriptures too, so he's making appearances everywhere. Um, and he is an advocate for humans. Michael and his angels defeat the forces of evil that are named as this dragon, and evil does not prevail and is thrown out of heaven, right? So there's no evil in heaven. Then an old snake, Satan, um, was thrown down to earth, and, but even, it says, scripture says, he does not prevail. And so what did you hear in that passage is the secret weapon. Why did Satan not prevail? What's the secret weapon? So you didn't know I was gonna quiz you. Now y'all wish you had a Bible app. Could s- the blood of the lamb and, and testimony. Yeah, see I gave a hint earlier when I was saying we were gonna be talking about testimony. Yeah, the blood of the lamb and testimony are these, the secret weapons. Jesus uses these two things to wage a nonviolent war. It sounds weird to kind of say a nonviolent war, right? But this is how Jesus meets evil, through the blood of the lamb and testimony. In the book of Revelation, uh, we, I, I, wanted, I brought this up earlier, but I wanna say, we see over and over again a couple of terms that show that, that the way that everything is conquered, um, which is the word Nike, Nikon, uh, is through nonviolent means. So the first word, martyria, is, uh, it means witness or testimony, right? So that word we see over, this is, how we, this is how we change things. This is how we meet evil, is through testimony. And the other word means endurance or resistance. So this defeat of Satan, this show of power, it does not come through coercion. It doesn't come through dismissal or threat or fear or shame. Victory comes through love. By Jesus putting his own life on the line for us, blood of the lamb, and through us boldly and honestly sharing his story. By the blood of the lamb and by the word of our witness, evil is overcome. So for us to tell the truth, to give testimony, is our greatest weapon to defeat evil. It's almost so simple it doesn't make sense, right? This scripture reminds us that bearing witness, sharing our testimony, we do it every week, right? It is uh, sharing testimony to, to share how God is moving in our life. This is what overcomes evil. Uh, every Sunday, someone in this community practices telling a little bit more of the truth of their story. And when we do this, it helps us to get to know one another, right? How many of you find testimony, and I'm, it's my favorite part, so um, I won't feel offended by you not choosing my sermons. How many of you find testimony to be the favorite part of your, your favorite part of the service? Yeah, I thought more hands would go up, but um, 
to listen to the truth of God proclaimed, to share what God is doing in our life, that is powerful. And then for us to receive it, to be shaped by each other's stories. Uh, Mary was sharing earlier that, that um, UVC, is not, there's not a direct correlation between all of those things, um, that her life now is six or seven years later, but there's connection. And I would say probably one connection is, um, and seminary too, I know, I know there's a lot, but is um, her understanding of justice, particularly racial justice, it comes from hearing people's stories, from hearing their testimony that we share here and that she has heard in other places, right? That is the most powerful weapon. So we do this, we offer testimony because it, shape, it sharpens our ability to tell about God's story at work in our life and the world around us, right? So when we share testimony, it changes us and it changes those who receive it. It, um, it sharpens and reframes our own story when I hear what God is doing in your life, it causes me to reflect more about what God is doing in my life, and I see something new, right? I catch a, I catch a bigger vision of God's reign. Uh, this transformation, this catching a bigger vision of God's reign, this transformation, it bends the arc of the moral universe just a little bit more towards justice for the ultimate purpose of overcoming evil, injustice, and oppression. I use those three words because um, in our baptismal covenant and, and in membership covenant, we talk about resisting evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. And so when we share our story and when we receive it, that's exactly what we're doing. It's reshaping our own story. Right after Charlottesville, uh, Brene Brown uh, hosted a Facebook Live event. Did any of you guys catch it? Okay, the first service, everybody saw it, but no, not really. <laughs> Only a couple people. Um, so there's some really good nuggets that she shares in there, and um, the, the talk was about white supremacy, white privilege, um, and she said a lot of many great things, but one of the things that stood out for me when I was thinking about story and my own story and how hearing all your stories has shaped my story and, and, and helped me to see a fuller reign, one thing she said is, if we do not tell a new story about ourselves, we will be controlled by our own story, our old story. And I think, I don't know what you guys were thinking of, maybe, hopefully, because this is what our sermon series is on now, but when I think about the, the thing that we are held in bondage by right now, it's white supremacy, right? Like, it's, it's, it's so big, and we do wanna, I, I love the way that Rebecca said, we do wanna distance ourselves from, and say, it's not, I'm not like that. I'm, it's so big that we can't even hold it. It's in the air we breathe. That's our old story and we're still holding on to it. But our greatest weapon in defeating it, in defeating the evil and injustice and oppression of white supremacy is our voices. To tell the truth and to listen to others who are telling the truth. 
and to trust that in the hearing of that, Jesus will shape us and transform each of us so that we can boldly bear witness to our stories too. That's the gospel, y'all. Because it's in this telling and sharing and, and shaping of a new narrative that Jesus nonviolently defeats Satan and creates a new heaven and a new earth. And it happens, I mean, it, I'm gonna be honest, like I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna Pollyanna um, how we can fix white supremacy, okay? It takes a lot of self-examination and a lot of lobbying and justice work but it begins in story. It begins when we make a place to be open to hear other people's stories. And it begins when we, we receive that story then and it shapes us, right? So I wanna show a video of uh, how two people have come together and heard each other's stories and how it has, it has shaped them into something new. They've created this very unlikely friendship. Um, I found this video, um, do you ever log into Starbucks and then like stuff comes up you know, on the screen? Well, I clicked on one of the things that came up and apparently Starbucks has like a channel, starbuckschannel.com or something, and they have all these like movies and stuff. So who knew? Um, so I was watching one and I was like, oh, that's good. So uh, about a year ago, you may remember there was a woman named, there is a woman named Heather McGee, and she is a leader at Demos, uh, which is a political think tank organizing uh, thing in um, DC. She was on C-SPAN, and this white guy from North Carolina called in to the show. And he acknowledged that, um, he said, I'm prejudiced. And what he did in saying that was acknowledging that he is held captive to this old story. You hear that? And then he did, last week we talked about vulnerability. He did something so vulnerable. He said, what can I do to change? And in asking that, I heard him say, I wanna be part of this new story, but I don't know how. And so Heather um, gave him some instructions, like, which was basically to hear the story of others. She said, um, get to know black families, join a black or an interracial church, read the history of African Americans, um, foster conversation with people of color. These are the things that she told him. So listen um, to what has happened in the year since that phone call. Isn't that a cool story? There is something that connects us beyond our differences. We're gathered here today in this place because we know that that something, that something that connects us beyond our differences is Jesus, right? Is the blood of the lamb and the word 
of us as witnesses. We are gathered here today because we are audacious enough to believe that our primary weapon in the evil of white supremacy is to bear the witness of God's good news. It's kind of crazy, yeah? Uh, but I gotta say, it's hard. Um, we live in a very polarized, we live in such a polarized climate that the story of a black woman on TV and a white collar from the South that is groundbreaking, isn't it? It doesn't happen because we live in such polarized worlds. Uh, pastor Emily, the pastor at our Hyde Park Woodlawn site, told a story the other day that um, really stru- <laughs> stuck with me. Um, she said she was at a gathering of pastors and theologians uh, a couple of months before, and Reverend Amy Butler, who is a pastor at this really prestigious church in New York City, admitted that in the current climate that we live in, uh, she wondered whether love really wins. We've heard that saying before, right? Love wins. She wondered if maybe she was preaching the wrong message, that maybe there was a different message to preach. Because love wins is a nonviolent message, yeah. Later on, in response to that comment, a wise, a wise pastor, someone who'd been at it for a while, responded by saying, maybe winning, in the way we think of it, isn't the goal. Maybe it's enough that we didn't lose the ability to bear witness to God's goodness in the world in spite of it all. Maybe it is enough that we didn't lose the ability to bear witness to God's goodness in this world in spite of it all. That is our job, y'all. That is our work as God's people. That is the way that we, one story at a time, conquer the evil and justice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. So go forth today, y'all. Go forth today and in this week to bear witness to God's goodness in this world. Amen.